This is RMB's Data Analytics Podcast with Matthew Burnett, where we look at the insightful role that data analytics plays for decision makers. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Data Analytics Podcast. I'm Matthew Burnett. I'm the head of data analytics at Rand Merchant Bank. And joining me on the podcast today, we've got Jaco and Marcus. So Jaco van Veek is the CFO of Rand Merchant Bank. And Marcus used to be the CFO of Rand Merchant Bank, and he's now the CFO of FNB. So hi, Jaco and Marcus, and thanks very much for joining us on the podcast today. Hello, Matthew. Hello, everyone. Good, good. So Jaco so, so and Marcus, today we're very much talking about finance, analytics in the finance space. So obviously, you know, you're both a CFO of major organizations and, and organizations with a tremendous amount of data. Sure, certainly there's a lot of market data and there's a lot of client data, but there's also a lot of data in the finance space. And I think people sometimes kind of forget about that. And they think finance is very much all of these financial processes, audits, etc., cetera, uh, financial management, accounting. But obviously there's a hell of a lot of data there, isn't there? I mean, Yanko, just within FNB and RMB, um, you know, there's a significant amount of data that actually sits within finance, finance in the different divisions, and then central finance, and obviously uh, rolling up to the CFO where you sit. Yeah, so Matthew, I'll cover it from an RMB perspective. Um, look, you're right. Uh, I think there's a lot of looking at, uh, which finance obviously has played, um, I think, a key role in analyzing over a period of time. Um, I think the more interesting things at the moment is how we use some of this finance information in uh, business decision making. I think it's in different stages of maturity uh, across the group um, and, and definitely within RMB. Um, we are now starting to get traction where we're actually starting to use some of the finance info that we have together with other client information to build better solutions for clients, to look at how they interact, let's say, in the market space, to understand kind of the trends and the, the, the ways that they deal in the market to um, build better bespoke solutions for the clients. I think that is probably where a lot of the value lies going forward. And we haven't utilized, I think, within business enough of the finance information that we have in decision making. So there's definitely a business angle. There's a better integration angle in using with some of the other support functions like, let's say, credit, we can actually play a very informative role in your credit decision making on how you grant credit, um, how you look at kind of coming out of COVID, how industries are opening up, where do we want to kind of deploy credit capacity at the moment more. So I think that's where you start getting really nice leverage between the finance information and more business processes and how you can actually start monetizing it, for lack of a better word, and actually utilizing it in, an, in a different way. There's always going to be the core component in finance data where there's a component of backward looking that you always need to get right. But if you get that right, then I think you can start leveraging it quite a lot more um, in, in business decision making going forward. Absolutely. There's a huge opportunity for integration of that data. And I think, you know, to understand that, to really look at that, you do need both a finance skill set and certainly come from a finance background, but you also need to understand the data analytics. Marcus, when somebody thinks of a finance department, I think they typically, at least in South Africa, think of CAs and, and chartered accountants. How important is it, and I know that you were involved in this previously, how important is it for CAs to also understand data analytics and to understand what the data analytics is capable of in the finance space? 
Yeah, thanks, Matthew. And uh, I mean, I agree with all Yaku's points. And and on this particular topic, um, when it comes to to uh, finance skill sets, I think they're evolving. And certainly, the CA of the past needs to to understand that it needs some core data analytic skill sets in the future. And and that's something that uh, any any accountant should be investing in in themselves um, if you want to get an edge and ahead in the the talent of the future uh, race that that's out there. For, for me, one of the, the big things um, that's also critical is data architecture and it's something finance has never been good at, is we've got lots of data, but we throw lots of good people at it to get solutions in a structured manner for regulations, for accounting standards and the likes. Um, but, but if we get our data architecture um, better and our, our flow of data through, through systems and processes, you'll free up a lot of resources to use that data better. The, the other thing um, in this space that finance has, has not been great at, again, I think because the skill set hasn't been trained on the topic, is unstructured data. So we sit on a lot of unstructured data, but unless we're given a regulation or a rule as to what to do with it, um, it's not been something that we've invested enough capacity and capability into. So for me, uh, critical that finance starts to bridge the gap. And, and to be honest, a lot of our finance teams are starting to look different with some engineers and some some other skill sets being introduced, actuaries and the likes. Um, and, and hopefully in time, we'll, we'll yield the benefit of that uh, through the, the use of the financial data we, we have. And particularly if you can augment it with some of the, the client and business data such that you can get a holistic picture, both of qualitative and quantitative data sets of, of customers and, and, um, and hopefully using that data to add value back into customers. Absolutely. So I completely agree with you there that data architecture is such a core component of really understanding where your data sits, uh, ensuring that it's clean, ensuring that you can access it for analytics as well. And, and really without that data management and data architecture component, the data analytics can't exist. Uh, Yoko, I, I want to ask you a question about, you mentioned monetization, and I think a lot of people when they think about data or monetization of data, they think about, you know, well, generating revenue from it or increasing your profits. But of course, uh, you know, a great way to increase your bottom line is also to reduce costs. How can finance data perhaps be used? You mentioned, you know, there's procurement data, there's finance data. There's a lot of stuff that financial management sees when it comes to the operations of an organization. How can that all be used to reduce costs and thereby actually improve the bottom line? Yeah, sure. I mean, look, obviously in the current world where top line is constrained, I think we all have a much kind of stricter focus on the cost line. And um, the reality is at the moment, if you take an area like procurement, I mean, uh, that delivers a lot of information that goes into the finance world in general, just through the function that they fulfill, but it provides you with a lot of rich insights on how you're building up costs in the organization, where efficient in the way that you actually procure, procure with your various vendors, where are the opportunities to work closer with vendors to develop better value add, out of uh, your interaction with your, with your vendor base. And I think importantly, it also shows up where an organization is to some extent inefficient. Um, I think it can really provide a very nice springboard to look at areas where you need to focus more attention to extract more value, because make no mistake, for an organization like RMB or the broader first trend, very large component of our total spend. Um, so that's an area that if you use the data and the analytics that come out of there, you can actually leverage that quite a lot to assist the bottom line in an environment where top line growth is constrained. Yeah, absolutely. And it, it's certainly one of the easiest ways to do so. 
And Marcus, I just want to come back to one of your points that you mentioned about augmenting the finance data with client data and really pulling all of your data together um, to understand your data and to understand your clients and to understand what's going on in, in the market in which you operate at a holistic level. Now, certainly there's there's a lot to be said there with the very skills that are needed. So you mentioned, obviously, some, you, know, you need the finance, typical finance skills, but you also need some of the other skills that are now coming into the finance space, like engineering skills, et cetera. But there's almost a, a human element, isn't there, there? I mean, for example, previously, I think perhaps finance has been quite focused on the work that they do. But in order to bring all this data together, you really need to be plugged into the rest of the organization. And that's not necessarily maybe a data skill, but it's about understanding, well, if we are going to incorporate all this data analytics and we're going to enhance our data, we really need to be plugged into the rest of the organization to understand where this data and where this information sits so that we can start capturing it together. Yeah, I mean, I'd agree with that, Matthew. I mean, I, I think a perspective that maybe throws that topic a little on the head and it's something that us as finance resources need to get better at is, is Yaku mentioned this monetizing data, but, but we've never really sat back and said, how do you value data? Because once finance does that, then integrating and pulling all these pieces you're referring together becomes much easier because you understand kind of the value of data to the organization. I think historically it's partly why we've never really stored some of the key data points as, as, a, as a critical um, capability in finance. Um, generally, we're good if it's on our balance sheet. Um, we can check it, val validate it, make sure it's accurate and complete and the likes. But um, so we, we, we need to start doing more of that with data. Um, the, the reality of it is um, the world has moved to a point where nearly every interaction, be it in the finance world, the risk world, operations, frontline front um, uh, customer facing uh, parts of the organization are all having digital trails in their interaction points. And uh, the problem is you, you need finance to integrate it with the financial data that sits behind it. So if you've got a customer having many interactions and you've got that data and you want to utilize it, it only becomes valuable if you augment it with all the other parts of the organization's uh, data sets, which I think is what you you have referred to. So, so from our perspective, that is something we are critically focused in, and and this integration where finance links directly into your into all of your your front end systems, even though we usually use a backward looking lens on the data for all of our our regulatory and financial reporting, the objective is to now utilize that data to give you forward looking predictions. Uh, into the future. And, and again, that will come with kind of costs, saving benefits, uh, revenue uh, recognition and forecasting, et cetera. So, so those are all things that are, are useful tools. for. But again, I think it starts with actually sit, sitting down and saying, well, what is this data worth to us? And I think that is something that um, organizations have underinvested in in the past and, and kind of the top tech companies have all done enough on that that they understand exactly what data is worth to them. Marcus, I'm, I'm so glad that you mentioned that because it really brings us to a key point, right? A lot of companies say that data is an asset, but do they truly believe it? Now, if we have a look at some of the largest companies globally, companies like Facebook and Amazon, data truly is their biggest asset. If companies in South Africa say that data is an asset, we need to start having a look at can we include it on the balance sheet? From a finance perspective, from an accounting perspective, how far away are we from that? Do we need some sort of regulation change? How can we uh, get to a place where it's expected that for any organization, one of the balance sheet line items is indeed the data that an organization has? And, and maybe, Jaco, I'll, I'll ask you this first. It's, a, it's, a, it's an interesting concept. Um, I mean, obviously, to the extent that we bring some other assets on balance sheets which are not tangible, 
I think this is probably something you can explore. I, I don't think it's being pushed very hard by the finance community at the moment. But what I do think, to Marcus's point, there is a very real inherent value in the data that we have in an organization like First Trade. Um, and that data has actually, it does have a value for to, to us that we can actually explore. So, I mean, I don't think it's inconceivable that there will be a point in time in the next few years where you actually say, I mean, that data is something that as an intangible, you can bring on balance sheet and there is a real value that you can actually attach to it. And, and Marcus, from your perspective, how would um, you say we get there? What needs to be required? Do you need some sort of valuation model that says over the next five years, we expect to extract this amount of data counted to today, this is the value of it, and that's going to go on the balance sheet. How do we get there? And how would that be audited by an auditing company? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not convinced this um, until accounting standards change and adapt uh, to the new world themselves. I'm not convinced that, you know, we'll be allowed to put data as an asset onto your balance sheet physically. I think it's an off balance sheet item that finance needs to track as rigorously as it would anything on balance sheet. And then it is about understanding the data and the value thereof. I think with many of these things, it starts with taking a plunge and kind of most organizations have started with this, at least looking at how they can use their data better. So you've got to start somewhere uh, to get going. And then finance needs to evolve to understanding the, the use of that data by the organization. I think on the regulatory side, you know, a lot of the protection of public information is good, good stuff to have um, to stop people from using data for the wrong reasons. But within an organization, if you have a customer base and you actually can truly add value to that customer base through the data they supply into you through their interactions with you, I think that really is the sweet spot, um, sweet spot to be that that finance needs to be targeting um, into the future. And, and a, an example of that could be where a customer interacts with you daily, um, for example, at a point of sale device um, and you've got similar point of sale devices in the area and you can start to see that the flow of traffic and compare it without actually directly um, linking the data points, uh, you know, and, and surfacing customer information and the likes, you could actually give some good um, good information around foot traffic and the likes in the area uh, or, or similar. So, so there's so many uses you can do with data if you have um, uh, the right uh, points. If you take in the, in the F&B world, um, we've got uh, 7.3 million customers, retail customers, and, and, and of those that interact with us on the digital channels, um, effectively, we can collect 10,000 data points daily on, on those customers in terms of how they interact with us, what they're doing, et cetera, um, through their, their, their banking um, uh, data. So, so those are, are the different ways that data has been collected. Now, finance needs to find a way as to how it plugs into that data from a finance, um, the financial information we have perspective. And then the second point is how do we value what it would mean to have that many data points on a customer uh, into the future. I do think, though, Matthew, the more important thing is not necessarily bringing it on balance sheet uh, or recognizing it as a as an asset that sits on your. It's how we utilize the data points that we have to offer better solutions to our clients, which will then translate into a bottom line benefit to the group. I think that's where the value lies for me. Mm -hmm. It's more of a mindset uh, shift, isn't it? Rather than saying, well, now it's on our balance sheet, so it's technically an asset. It's about, I think, realizing it in, in, in everyone's company's minds that we've got this amazing, amazing asset that's called our data. And how do we actually extract a return on the asset? And how, how do we really start understanding what it's capable of? 
Yeah, my final question to you is this. I mean, a large part of data analytics is often process automa automation and, and process digitization. And, and through that process, you often start storing your data in a format that it can actually be used for data analytics. Within the finance space, uh, within in any company, there's typically a, a lot of manual processes. What do you think the opportunity is to automate that, to start capturing data in a better way for data analytics going forward? I think it's a very fair point you're making. I think probably to one of the earlier points that Mark has made, where we haven't been that good in the past is you've had fragmented processes kind of um, accumulating a lot of the data points. They don't, you don't necessarily have it stored in the same format that is accessible to a wider audience for reuse. I think that's where a lot of the opportunity really lies at the moment. You need to get it in a size format, saved in a kind of place that's accessible to multi-users. Um, obviously, after it has been verified and you've gone through all the processes to make sure the, the data is clean, but then it, then it is accessible to multiple users and I think that's where the big benefit really lies. So absolutely fair point. We need to get better in the processes to aggregate data, to store it and to make it um, available to a wider uh, user audience. Thanks, Jaco. My, my, my final question to you, Marcus, is this. You know, you came from Rand Merchant Bank and you're now in FNB. Very different organizations. I mean, you spoke about the volume of clients in the FNB space. Obvious, obviously, significantly more than what sits in a Rand Merchant Bank space that typically services corporates. How have you found the, the differences when it comes to finance data within those two organizations? Or have you found that organizations, no matter you know what sort of clients they have, the challenges and opportunities they face in, in a finance space specifically when it comes to data and data analytics are actually quite similar. Yeah, I think the, I mean, there's there's many similarities in terms of uh, obviously finance process and automation and ensuring data flows from where it uh, starts and, and, and to where it ends as best possible. So there's as little manual intervention as, as possible, but uh, you know, where, where it's different is volume and, and having to store the, the no, enormous amounts of data that we we produce um, daily, and that's just in the finance world, excluding um, some of the operational data that we collect and, and digital data that we collect uh, as well. So, so uh, effectively, the way that groups tackled it is is you centralise it, and and RMB plugs into a lot of sources for for parts of their business, and we're doing the same uh, in 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 theirs, and we learn from each other. And, and if you had to ask me, I think what really is interesting um, is that uh, we have unbelievable talent in South Africa on, on the finance side, you know, from, from general accountants all the way through to our, 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 our um, chartered accountants. And, and to be honest, uh, if we can augment them with this data skill, I think uh, finance can add extreme value into, into the businesses that it, it represents uh, across South Africa and, and the rest of the continent, to be honest. Um, we have all the tools and access to information. We sit on the right side of the fence when it comes to confidentiality of data. Um, it's just around how do we access it and, and scale it. And uh, I guess um, the interesting thing is that uh, both RMB and FNB are, are on a journey um, uh, for it. And, and the, the beauty is that Yaku and I can work together to hopefully solve many of these challenges as opposed to have to do them on our own. So, so that's also quite a good thing to have. The, the more um, minds you have attacking this problem, the better. And then a final point is I do think what is, is critical is that first point I raised. And I've certainly seen it at, in the FNB world 
you know, that initial data architecture when setting up, uh, we, we skip that leg far too often in finance and go straight to, well, okay, hold on, how do we solve the problem? And in the end, we solve the problem and we're able to deliver a financial outcome, but we're unable to reaccess the granular data that we need um, at the right level to be able to, to utilize it. And that certainly is what we're trying to solve for at a group level between Yaku and myself. Absolutely. Marcus Yaku, thank you so much for your time today. I uh, appreciated the amazing insights that you've given. And I truly believe that in, in the future, finance and data analytics will, will work hand in hand to add value to any organization. Thanks, thanks, thanks Thank you for listening to RB's Data Analytics with Matthew Bernath podcast. Subscribe now for more episodes.